Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet following the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, big news from the CDC as they finally agree that when it comes to HIV, undetectable equals untransmittable. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says that anyone who meets physical and mental standards, including transgender individuals, should be allowed to serve in the U.S. military. And after 11 years, Will and Grace returns to NBC. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Huge news this week as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have issued a statement finally agreeing with major HIV organizations that says when an HIV-positive person's viral load is undetectable, there's virtually zero chance of transmission of the virus to an uninfected person. Scientific advances have shown that antiretroviral therapy, also known as ART, preserves the health of people living with HIV. We also have strong evidence of the prevention effectiveness of ART. When antiretroviral therapy achieves less than 200 copies per milliliter, the patient is categorized as having undetectable levels of HIV, and that prevents sexual HIV transmission. Now, this isn't just one random study. Across three different studies, thousands of couples and countless acts of sex without a condom or pre-exposure phylaxis, also known as PrEP, no HIV transmissions to an HIV-negative partner were recorded when the HIV-positive person was virally suppressed. This means that people who take ART daily, as prescribed, and achieve and maintain an undetectable viral load have effectively no risk, zero risk, of sexually transmitting the virus to an HIV-negative partner. Four young people have been arrested in Texas County, Missouri, on charges relating to the brutal mutilation and murder of transgender teenager Joseph Steinfeld. 19-year-olds Andrew Verba and Isis Schauer and 24-year-old Brianna Calderas were charged with first-degree murder, armed criminal action, and abandonment of a corpse. In addition, James Grigsby was arraigned on the charge of abandonment of a corpse and tampering with evidence in a felony case. Steinfeld's remains were found near Calderas's mobile home in Kabul. Joseph, also known as Joey and Allie, had been reported missing by his family. Steinfeld's sister, Ashley Boswell, told the Springfield News Leader that Joey had discussed being transgender with the family and contemplated undergoing gender reassignment surgery someday. She described Joey as a very loving, outgoing person who didn't like conflict whatsoever. She told reporters, we honestly don't understand why they did it. It just doesn't make any sense. Verba told investigators he had to kill Steinfeld, why we don't know, and initially tried to poison the teen, though the probable cause statement didn't provide a possible motive for the attack. The detective wrote that Verba then described how he stabbed Steinfeld in the living room of the home. According to the detectives, Verba told them he had gouged Steinfeld's eyes stabbed the teen in the genitals, and bragged about the killing. This is clearly a very, very sick person. 
One detective told reporters that Calderas admitted Steinfeld was killed in her home and that she helped burn the body, but that she didn't want Steinfeld dead. It's kind of late for those sentiments, I think. A GoFundMe campaign has been set up to help Steinfeld's family handle funeral expenses. According to reports, Steinfeld is the 21st transgender person killed in the United States this year. After months of reports of gay men being rounded up and tortured in Chechnya, now the neighboring country of Azerbaijan seems to be following suit. Eurasianet reports that police have detained dozens of gay people in Azerbaijan with reports of torture and beatings. What's unclear is what prompted the roundup or exactly how many people have been affected. Lawyers and legal officials working on the cases say that at least 100 people have been detained over a period of several days. The president of the LGBT Azerbaijan Alliance said that the raids took place in private homes and public places where gay people are known to congregate. Some of those detained were coerced into informing on their friends. Family members and lawyers have been denied access to the detainees. Sweden-based human rights group Civil Rights Defenders spoke to several activists in the area on the condition of anonymity. According to their reports, the detainees were subjected to beatings, verbal abuse, and forced medical examinations. In addition, transsexual women had their heads shaved. Many were released only after giving up the addresses of fellow members of the LGBTQ community, who were then in turn arrested and subjected to the same treatment. An undetermined number of those detained have been sentenced to either 20 or 30 days of administrative detention. Azerbaijan has a terrible record on LGBTQ rights and ranks near the bottom of European countries in terms of laws and practices regarding the LGBTQ community. You'll recall that when Donald Trump announced the surprise news of his proposed ban on transgender folks serving in the U.S. military, it was, quote, after consultation with my generals and military experts, end quote. But it looks like that might not be quite accurate. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Joseph Dunford, recently appeared before the Senate Armed Services Committee and was asked whether transgender service members should be allowed to serve by New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. General Dunford's answer, quote, I would say that I believe that any individual who meets the physical and mental standards and is worldwide deployable and is currently serving should be afforded the opportunity to continue to serve. When asked to give assurances to transgender troops, he said, I can promise that will be my advice. What I just articulated is the advice I provided in private and I've just provided in public. Senator Gillibrand also asked Dunford if he had met with transgender troops to address their concerns about the potential new policy. He said, I have not since August when the announcement was made, but I will certainly do that, Senator. It's worth noting that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is the highest-ranking military officer in the United States Armed Forces. Pay attention, President Trump. Pay attention to your generals and military experts. In entertainment news, this is about as gay as you can get. A musical about Cher's life will arrive on Broadway in fall 2018. Titled Believe the Cher Show, the production will first run in Chicago in June before moving to the Neil Simon Theater in New York in autumn. The show will explore Cher's entire life and career and include some of her most cherished songs, including If I Could Turn Back Time, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, I Got You, Babe, 
and Believe. The show will be directed by Avenue Q's Jason Moore with a book by Rick Elise of Jersey Boys. And my friend and Tony Award winner Christopher Catelli will do the choreography. The jukebox musical will be apparently structured like one of Cher's 1970s TV variety shows, with three different actresses playing the Academy Award winner in various stages of her evolution. In a statement, Cher said, My life as a musical on Broadway. It seems crazy, exciting, and bizarre, but that's probably how my life seems to most people. You know, after the worldwide success of Mamma Mia, the Broadway musical based on the songs of ABBA, the Broadway community had a bit of unsuccessful fits and starts trying to recreate that kind of big box office success in terms of the jukebox musical. They had musicals based on the music of Elvis Presley and the Beach Boys, and none of these really seemed to gel. And then they hit it again with Jersey Boys, based on the music of Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Recently, I just saw Beautiful on Broadway, based on the music of Carol King, and it was an absolute knockout. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the show. Three years later, and it's still selling out. If you're in New York, make sure you head over to see Beautiful at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. And look for Believe, the Share Show, next fall, 2018. I know it may seem early, but I can announce that I have a favorite on this season of The Voice. This past Monday night, the judges were not prepared for former NFL player Esra Tuallo, who stunned the audience with his powerful rendition of Andrew Day's Rise Up on the premiere of the singing TV show. Tuallo, 49 years old, kept his sexual orientation a secret from his NFL teammates during the nine years he was a defensive tackle, but the player revealed on Monday night's show what it was like to finally come out. He said, quote, when I finished in the NFL, I came out to my family. When I said those words for the first time, when I said that I was gay, it felt like this huge mountain just crumbled, said the former Minnesota Vikings player. You can bet that I'll be tuning in every Monday and Tuesday at 8 p.m. on NBC to cheer Ezra on. Eleven years after Will & Grace ended its eight-season, 16-Emmy Award run, America is clearly thrilled to revisit lawyer Will Truman and interior designer Grace Adler as the show returned to NBC this past Thursday. My take on the revival of this iconic sitcom is that it feels like comfort food, perhaps more tasty than nutritious, but Will & Grace is back and TV audiences are thrilled. For eight seasons beginning in 1998, the series opened up a mainstream discussion about gay male life. Okay, so admittedly Caucasian, upper middle class, urban gay male life. But it was a discussion nonetheless, brought into television living rooms every Thursday for eight years. The reboot of the beloved series brought in 10.2 million viewers this past Thursday and had the highest ratings for an NBC sitcom since the Office series finale in May 2013. The new episode found the Fab Four reunited as Deborah Messing's Grace considered a job redecorating the Oval Office, Sean Hayes' Jack had a fun flirtation with a member of the Secret Service, Megan Mullally's Karen put her Trump support out there and Eric McCormick's will found himself drawn to a conservative hottie. And the reviews? Well, critics praise the enduring chemistry and energy of the cast, as well as the wit and sharpness of the writing. Screen Rant wrote, The writing and the acting, and even the timing of Megan Mullally's pitch-perfect, gin-soaked retorts are as funny as ever. After watching the premiere, 11 years later, 
It's tempting to think that it feels like Will and Grace never left. The San Jose Mercury News wrote, Will and Grace has always excelled just as much at physical comedy as the snarky verbal barbs. And it's one more good reason to welcome this beloved sitcom back into our lives. USA Today, quote, the fast-paced dialogue, frequent pop culture references, and cast chemistry remain. And the San Francisco Chronicle's David Wiegand said, it's the perfect show for the times and hilariously timeless as well. Don't forget that Will and Grace airs Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, and I'm definitely watching. Are you? In new music, out-singer-songwriter-producer Eli Lieb contrasts a tentative, halting verse with a chorus that explodes with the visceral tribal drumbeat in his latest single, Kissing Your Tattoos. Considering the intimate perspective of the lyrics, based on a scenario of a gay dating app, perhaps, and a one-night stand, the lyrics are powerfully spot-on. Quote, Yeah, I think it's just a one-night thing. Sorry if you wanted more of me. Maybe just a midnight rendezvous, but I'll stay here kissing all of your tattoos. I think I know several people who can relate to the moment. Whether it's the unbridled exuberance of Eli Zeppelin or the tender safe in my hands, Eli always finds the sweet spot in his achingly personal musical creations. I'm a longtime fan of Eli, having featured him several times on The Randy Report. Let's take a listen to Eli Lieb's Kissing Your Tattoos. Don't know if it's love or just a flame. Push you out or pull you in again Maybe just a midnight rendezvous But I'll stay here kissing your tattoos And I've got a complex and fickle mind I can't pretend to love So let me just kiss you this one last time Yeah, I think it's just a one-night thing I'm sorry if you wanted more from me
That was Eli Lieb's Kissing Your Tattoos. And now I want to ask you to head over to iTunes or Amazon Music or wherever you download your digital music and support Eli and other out singer-songwriters that I feature here on The Randy Report. I think it's very important to make sure that they get the exposure and the support that they need from the LGBTQ community. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I often see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and I just want to say we love it when folks spread the word about this here news magazine podcast. And finally, please remember to check out therandyreport.com every day, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.